Hi, hello, this is Diphoria. Kobe did a, one of these last time. I really liked it. I'm not willing to stand up for it though because it's really, really cold and my body heat is mostly focused in this yeah. area. We don't have a campfire. This Otherwise, this would be the campfire episode as it is currently freezing in here. This is Diphoria episode three. It's available wherever you would normally get Euphoria or the dive. And uh, we're coming off of a series of, I'm going to say really mixed quarterfinals, some really hype moments, but also some like, I don't, moments. Just moments. Just, just a lot of moments. moments. Yeah, and we're going to talk about semis today, too. I don't want to dive 100% into each matchup, but I'm just curious, like, what stood out to each of you in quarterfinals? Like, what were the significant moments? Because I feel like when I saw it outside of Splice SKT, I was like, this is a banger. This is going to be crazy. And then every quarterfinal, it wasn't disappointing, but was, like, definitely not what I expected. You and definitely, was, yeah, I'll start by saying that you go in with an expectation as an analyst, and you're like, this is going to be a high-quality series, and it was high action. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. And I, I cannot believe the amount of times where I thought a lesson would be learned in a best of five, and then Jackie Love kept walking forward. <laughs> that was. I was going to touch case. on that series, the, yeah. like the IG uh, Griffin. There was definitely a lot more circus in that <laughs> series than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. It actually started in a really fun way too, because the I just remember game one, the team compositions. Looking down the Griffin side and being like, tank, 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 tank. Yumi's going to carry the whole team <laughs> late game damage thing. And then you get into it and Jackie loves like teleporting in on Kogma. Oh my God. We, <laughs> we got the maximum usage out of the passive. <laughs> Uh, that was it was fun. It was a fun ride. It was fun. That's like the most polite way to say Cogma's feeding <laughs> yeah, yeah. is maximizing maximizing, maximizing the value. His of the true damage was kit. off the true charts. Damage. Oh, it's, wait! Someone actually tweeted me the numbers. You can keep you going. Can look oh, it up. Find but this is like that series was that one. That game was just such a bizarre start to quarterfinals because you're like the thing is is that people were blaming FPS like. They're blaming FPX for Griffin's draft. Like, oh, it's very clear that Griffin scrimmed FPX. And maybe that they did. But at the same time, FPX rocked into their series. You also, they weren't playing poppy mid. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta own it. You know, like just because it worked in scrims and you, you drafted on stage, that's your responsibility. That's Which, not like Griffin doesn't get out of, get a get out of jail yeah. free card because they scrimmed against some team with some really wrong ass ideas. But that also kind of brings me to this next uh, kind of like thought process about Griffin is that could you have predicted that Griffin would crash another best of five and people will say that yes because they're chokers but I don't actually think they're chokers I actually think they just have massive drafting problems like they just did not draft what they needed to draft until way too late in that series and I think that's what Griffin's problem All is right. they rock at every Wait, best of five right. and they're like overthinking real, real quick we're gonna quick pause so we can get the Jackie Love number coming in from Kobe All right, what we got talk about Griffin. Uh, Jackie Love did 4,125 true damage that was that like more damage than all of Griffin's comp in game one. Oh, no. <laughs> um, honestly, though, I, I like your point because that's what I was going to say. With Griffin, I, I'm always, I always have this feeling when they go into a high stakes best of five that they're going to tunnel vision on something. And yes. it, feels like, it feels like one of those solo queue reactions where you're like, the thing that just beat us. Where like, you know, the Tilia Pantheon thing, you're like, okay, so like they were getting smashed by it in scrims or it was the only thing that was working for them or so, like they tunneled so hard yeah. on it and they just repeated it. And then this one, you're like, okay, well very clearly uh, Dornby was like smashing them or something and they decided they had to have takes everywhere now. Um, but it, it's that, it, it really does feel like some tunnel vision in their drafting. I just, I imagine that they sit like this boardroom and the room's like very dark and they, they sit there like, okay. 
How do we do this, Brigands? SKTL. Okay, I've got it. Because Faker is so good, we just need to be able to deny him the ability to kill us. And then we'll play through the bot lane. We'll set up this like cheese comp. And they just get so deep into it that they're so convinced this is the way to win. And that's why they would always throw they're against like, SKTL. How do we beat the lane that they're clearly going to use to respond to our Poppy Jarvan bot lane. What they're going to do, what they're going to do, they're going to pick Braum. What do we do? Talia Pantheon. Yeah. They're like, yes! And they've yeah. got in such a big circle that they've like justified their own bad logic on their first point. And Here's it's like, thing. just play Zaya. It's I fine. Always, yeah, I always feel like in a best of five, you should always come in with what you believe is has been working for you in the past. There shouldn't be some galaxy brain game one for you. Come in. <laughs> basically learning something and the fact that they came in and they came out with like yeah we're countering every lane we're just gonna have the greatest like 14 minutes and then we're just gonna hard descale and then they changed it in their second draft is fine but then they were just making bad errors on the map like they were i think it was uh the baron issues that came up for this team and i was like they started this series obviously on a bad note, and I know a lot of people were specifically blaming Sword for that series, and I think, yeah, sure, that was a bad mismatch. We all understood that, but they have great players elsewhere. Now, I really like that you you bring up the point about, like, as a coach going into a best of five, mm -hmm. I agree with you. Game one, you literally just want your comfort composition. Yes. Because it's literally about, let's play comfort, see if you can beat them standard, and gain as much information as possible. Game two and three is when you pull out, like, the crazy shit. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I don't know, know. Man. it was crazy. But to answer your question about like Griffin, is this something we can expect? I don't think, unless if oh, they started. Oh, you have to expect it. Yeah, that now. going to fumble it. Exactly, draft. now, right? Unless if you created a culture in which you are consistently losing best of fives no matter where you go, I'm never going to come in and say, oh, you guys are a significantly better team on a regular basis during regular season, right? But now I'm going to just completely change my prediction just based off of how you guys historically do. I always hate yeah. making yeah. historic predictions because I don't see any benefit of it. And then I always get nailed because of it. <laughs> like, like, I made a bad bet against IG and I'm just going to live with it now because yeah. of this. So I mean, we all, they also had so much drama going on, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was sure. actually crazy, this tournament, how much drama is coming out. Every single day, it was like opening up a new tabloid and you're like, what's the next episode going to entail? Like, and you're also getting like, half the story because it's like whatever someone decides to translate for you onto reddit so you're like i have no idea what is actually going on mm. like for all we know they're like everything's fine life is good like mm. everything's great and on the other hand it could be like everything is on fire every day they step on stage they're like so sad like we have no idea it could be anywhere on that spectrum but the thing the one thing that irritates me is that people want to criticize sword one i feel bad for him because he's just getting hard flamed literally everywhere yep but my biggest thing is is like the plan to continue to put him on carries only makes this look so much worse. It's like, you know what? You screwed it up. You fiddlesticks it up the first two times. Surely the third time we'll put Chovy back on it. Like I saw that sign. I was like, oh, God bless. They figured it out. Chovy's going to play something good. This scion's going top lane. That scion went mid. I was like, God is dead and Griffin have killed him. <laughs> like this is, this is so sad. It's so frustrating. Shakaraz made the tweet. He's like, I'm really excited that I paid for this ticket to see Chovy play four tanks. <laughs> Feels good, dog. Yeah, 100%. I think at the end of the day, what I saw from Griffin that really screwed them in this series was the fact that they as a team played poorly and just, I, I hate using this word, uncharacteristically from what we've seen from them in the past because we I've, Frost, we've seen this multiple times, multiple LPL teams, and I know you've seen this from certain teams in Europe where they're like, this is our weakness, we understand it, we'll play around it, we've succeeded playing around it, 
So why in this best of five are we playing towards it? Like, why in the world is now Sword being the primary? Because I know I know that they're trying to, uh, in this their specific games when it trying to give him a heads up in the in the worst matchup where you could just be going to Chovy and enabling the people who have gotten you to this point to begin with. So there was a lot that went wrong for this team. And I still will, you know, advocate in another alternate universe, maybe with a, a coach, who knows who this man is. I don't know. They had then a they coach. Could be a, they didn't have a, a coach. Champion. It's really great that They've the guy <laughs> on stage, whatever his role is, and I apologize, I, maybe I should know this, but I don't, but his name was Chaos. And yes. when, I, when, I, when I was just like, third game, I was like, you know, Appropriate. It's a good, <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, hearing from Papa Smithy that he was an uh, assistant coach or a head analyst for the team. So thankfully he, like, theoretically, game plan shouldn't change, right? This is what they came with. This is the plans that they recognized coming into the event. But at least they had good games in week two of groups so we know what this team is capable of. They had a good day. We know what they're capable of. The the point has been made. So, So God bless on that. Here's my question. Are are Griffin the biggest disappointment of the quarterfinals? Ooh, let me think. I'm immediately going to say yes, but I want to measure... I mean, Fnatic fans would say no. Well, Fnatic fans are a little bit... (laughs) (laughs) They think a lot of things about this There's a podcast, Raz. Can you vocalize that? Uh, Let me... I'll I'll finish. I'll start with... uh, Don't worry. We'll get you an escort from the building. I will start... With the, I will say Griffin is, yes, the biggest disappointment. And then I'll go to the Fnatic fans and say, yeah, Fnatic fans probably believe that they're the second coming. That It's G2 and then Fnatic. But in reality, I think that they were placed right in the correct position. Hell, if you put best ofs in a group stage, here we go. I'm going to ask you. No, no, I'm going to say it first because I, I, I want to come out with a big statement. You're saying RNG a- would move on. RNG would take the second oh my, seed and move on. Did you just on. say that? Okay. The best of. So here's, oh, can I fight him? Give me yeah, three. We'll fight him. That's okay. like what we're here for. Kobe, we can sit back for a minute. You can What's up? Look at each other. <laughs> come at me. So here's my thing. RNG, in my personal opinion, heading into this tournament, were yes. the second best LPL team. And I actually thought that they might be the best because of their style. Yeah. I was like, if the tournament isn't suited for FPX or Invictus Gaming, we could actually just see these incredible teams fall apart, whereas I feel that RNG is a bit more insulated to whatever happens in the meta. Yep. And if it tra- tends towards more of a scaling, I'm like, yes, this is RNG's time to shine. But the thing is, is that RNG draft the same way every time, and yep. they play the same game every time. There's no diversity in what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. whereas... I agree that the consistent high that they will hit should be higher than Fnatic's, but I do not actually think at their ultimate ceiling, if Fnatic are playing their best and RNG are playing their best, that RNG clearly win that. I think it is like by a sliver that they might. I agree if they both had the same mentality, because I'm not going to say that, oh, if RNG started playing carries, that's not what they want to do, right? So I agree on that standpoint, that Fnatic is a much more flexible team and probably have a good idea of how the game should be played. But that's why Fnatic won. And I think in a best of series, the same thing happens. And I'm not saying that Fnatic win that 100 times if you play that best of three. Like, But I do think it is favored towards Fnatic, like 60-40. Yeah, I think my take on this is... If I it's have, Fnatic at their best. But Fnatic hitting their best, much lower consistency than RNG hitting That's why consistency <laughs> for me matters with RNG. I know you guys already had this conversation pretty heavily, so I'm just going to make this point and we can kind of move on in that. Is that um, specific players, 100% Shahu 
played super bad in the tournament. And I'm and it's not so much because I know international audiences will watch these tournaments. It's like, that sounds like Shahu for me, right? Shahu was so good this split. This split, he was very close to being able to nail MVP. I think he was an insane performer on carries like Syndra, Akali, and all that. He was wonderful. Yeah. And then I'm not even going to say champion pool because regardless of him getting Kale, he just played poorly. Like just outright had a very bad tournament. And so it's always tough because obviously if you have more games, you can continuously play poorly. But I'm just saying that uh, if we got Shahu playing as regular throughout the year, then they would be good enough. But I don't want to have this whole lot. To be fair, I'm going to give this one a caveat of we're now having a fight between two teams in the group of death where one team can just go on a group B and we'd all be happy. No, and I understand. I just that... Such a cop-out, Ras. <laughs> Look, I gotta be diplomatic about this. If Fnatic played standard League of Throw Legends... Throw Splice under the bus. No one cares about Splice. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not scared of their fans. I'm scared of the RNG fans and the Fnatic fans. I ain't fans. scared of nobody's fans. But yeah, go on. If Fnatic played standard League of Legends and just ran it into uh, RNG multiple times, I think the RNG are the better team than mm. But because Fnatic can flex more champions yeah. between more positions and can play the game differently and figure out how they're going to break the game, if mm -hmm. you will, then I think that that inherently makes them a better team, especially in a best of series. There so even if that was a best of three, I'd still put my money on Fnatic. All right, all right. All right I would so, agree with that, though. I think that by the context... Wow, he backed I, on, real no, on the context, I would agree, <laughs> but as the result, I would take RNG. Well, but I think it's scary? okay. You, you come in hot when it comes into LPL versus LPL. This is like the conversation where you are the most qualified person in the world, so I'm like, I'm just, I'm out. The second <laughs> you're like, really, you want to talk about this Chinese team? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's, no, I do not. It's funny because when I was asked in the green room the day before the uh, FPX game, like Dave Stewart and Vettius were in there. Yeah. And Dave was like, who do you got tomorrow, Fnatic or FPX? I was like, FPX are clearly going to win. They're like pound for pound better in every single town. Like, yeah. And I listed off all these reasons and I convinced Vettius to vote for FPX because I oh, thought Vettius God. was voting for Fnatic. Yeah. And then we were driving in the morning because I got a ride with Vettius. And I was like, what are you voting for? He goes, FPX. I was like, we can't have three FPX predictions on the end. Like, yes, we can. <laughs> so then I'm like, I'm Wait, that would be too many people that would be right? Because <laughs> I just think the series is so close. So I'm like pulling up Slack, like messaging Kevin Bell. I'm like, we need to flip my Our prediction. Our producer. To, we need to flip my predictions. To it is a very close series. Like, Coming into the series, well, I thought it, it was, very was not a very close one. series. It, uh, it was yeah, not yeah, a close series. Can I get, can I get, can <laughs> I get the Kobe in. take? Because, like, because Kobe, I feel like you're the per perfect person, right? Because, like, there's obviously a lot of history here from the LEC perspective, and obviously you're very well the LC, LEC and the LPL history. But, like, what were your thoughts coming into this Fnatic um, versus Fun? Well, Plus coming series? into it was very different than watching it, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. coming into it. I felt like my beliefs had been shaken to the core because I had been watching FPX in LPL prepping for Worlds and I was like, oh my God, I'm so ready for this team. This is going to be so fun. They're actually going to smash this group. They're going to come in so hot to quarterfinals and their group stages was trash. <laughs> you, you come out of watching VODs of them in the LPL and you watch them at group stages and you're like, what? the hell <laughs> is going on here? Yeah. LWX is inting? Like, that That did not happen. He, he was a monster for them. Like, his Lucian, his Kai'Sa, like, it, it was insane. Like, Tien and Dornby would go down bottom lane, like, 70% of games or something. Either you kill the overextending enemy bottom lane, or if they're playing safe, they would just dive him. And then they would take turret plates. And then he'd be super fed again. Um... And yet in group stages, you're just like, oh, my God, OK, I guess uh, like they're all new players. And we start going back over the possible reasons, like maybe the pressure is too much for them. You know, yeah. these guys on the world stage now, are they actually going to be able to bring it together? That's why watching the series, I was like, ah, OK, so I, I was not deceived 
um, during the regular season. And, and they had a very big sort of renaissance even to me, like return to form for FPX. Because uh, I came in like, I, I really thought Tien was, was going to be one of the biggest like new entries onto the world stage. Because he like completely changed the team when he joined the team, uh, and everybody focuses on doing B, and he's an amazing player, and you know, and he's a captain, and you should focus on him. But I, I always gravitate towards junglers, a little bit of bias there. But I, I really think this guy is amazing. Um, if just if you look at the eye test to look at his mechanics and his decision making, but then also it's now backed up by stats. I checked this morning; he's number one in every stat for junglers yes. that are left in the tournament. Literally every single stat. Kills, KDA, also farm, also experience difference, also gold difference, also wards per minute and wards cleared per minute even. Um, like, he, he's actually so strong. He did also. Can, by the way, you wanted to play the game where we rip off. Uh, oh, this the, is, the I was going to say the end. We can save it for the end or we can do it as we go through. Like, just like a quick 30 second eulogy to say goodbye. And we just never talk about that team again for the rest of the podcast. Okay, we can okay. do it. Okay, who? who? Well, we, did, we skipped over Griffin. I want to rip off Griffin. You want to rip off Griffin? That was the one that give, I predicted. Give, give him your final words. <laughs> give him. <laughs> okay. You have any final words for him, Kobe? No, just rip him off. <laughs> Draft better. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> rip him off. <laughs> Here Hi, lies Griffin, legendary spring and summer domestic team, playoff and clutch performer chokers. If only they knew how to draft. It wasn't just against SKT. It now should be <laughs> mentioned in every best of five they're about to enter. May you find a coach. Amen. Let's go. Sword play tanks, Chovy play carries. <laughs> <laughs> and please you Viper play an ADC. <laughs> this is beautiful parting words. Just uh, get me so emotional. Um, FPX versus Fnatic, though, this series was so, so sad. Okay. Me. One, I was like, wow, FPX are really good. I'm glad that they are not playing like they played in group stage. As, like, a world viewer, because, yes. like, as one of the expected tournament favorites, I wanted to see them perform. And if Fnatic were going to beat them, I wanted it to be, like, I didn't want it to be, like, FPX running it down. I wanted it to be, like, both these teams playing at their best. Bad news was FPX playing up there, playing near their top. Fnatic. This is why Fnatic would never beat FPX in the same way that Fnatic would never beat RNG previously. It's the same thing, which is Fnatic are a worse version of FPX. They play similar, and when Fnatic played around Reckless and why at MSI they were never going to beat RNG is because they were just a worse version of RNG. They just, pound for pound talent-wise, have worse players. Uh, Broxa and Hilly are not as good as Tien and Crisp. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to play that same style where you're using like your support and your jungler to create plays on the map and the other support and jungler are just better and you want to skirmish a lot and be very explosive, FPX skirmish better, they team fight better, they have better talent. That was never, that was like a brick wall that they were running into. Yeah, but here's my thing. This is what is always confusing to me. So, you know, the Europeans on the, uh, on the table can really explain this one for me. But I just did. I understand. Okay, understood. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, um, I, th this, the games always started out well for Fnatic. The level ones were just poor from FPX's side. And then like, this is specifically game one when the Rengar come picks comes in and Bwipo plays out really well to get the advantage. And I would expect coming in, all right, Fnatic are a different beast this time around. They know because of how flexible they are, even bringing Bwipo onto the team as like that secondary threat that he can be a carry for the team that they can play through top. And then that doesn't happen that they continue to play through bot side. That's incredibly safe for FPX's side. Like all of these questions were coming in and I was like, 
but I feel like they would have played this one out differently, uh, differently in a setting that has less pressure in because it. Because Gim Goon and Bwipo are the same responsibility to the team. You have two guys that are so talented, like Gim Goon on carries, Gim Goon on tank, very strong yes. top laner. Same thing with Bwipo, but they never played to that side of the map. In fact, FPX will more likely play towards top side than Fnatic would ever play towards yes. top side. It's just like, so the thing for me is one, I think just Broxa had... To, from my perspective, maybe some people just don't have a ton of faith in Brox. No, he got bodied. Yeah, he had a, a really shit tournament. Broxa got destroyed in this series, and he made some bad decisions. But wait, because no, this will incite a lot of flame on Broxa, and Broxa definitely should be questioned, but just to defend Broxa a bit, because sure. this has been a problem that a lot of people have levied. If you look at Brox's pathing, like the choices that he makes and when he's resetting, what camps he's going to and how long he's staying around lanes, this is what's causing him to fall so far behind. And you can say that's either blame on Broxa because Broxa is choosing to path that way or that's blame on the team because his laners are calling for him to do that. Mm, yeah. And we cannot tell which one it is. So before you go in and start flaming Broxa for just being a terrible jungler, that could actually just be Fnatic are a terrible team because they are using their jungler this way and it is a conscious decision. Yeah, so look, all, all I'll say is like my disappointment, because I think we've seen peak Broxa and Broxa has been a player, especially in the second half of the LEC split, who was very self-sacrificing, much more about getting his lanes ahead. And that's a style where... When it works, when you pull off good ganks, you obviously look insane and your numbers are fine. Uh, and when you lose, you really, really lose because you're putting yourself in such a deficit to go for these plays. Um, I don't feel like we saw that as much. I just, I'm not sure without like super watching Broxa back if this is enemy junglers are just better and he's not getting as many opportunities or Brox is playing more passive. But that first game, my biggest frustration was like, Whippo gets that kill. He comes back with triple Doran's blade. Like, you are Elise. Dive that. Shit. Like, you have everything you need. You triple Doran's play. I like, think they I, were you are afraid. there to kill people. I think they were afraid of the dive bottom, but oh, as soon yeah. as they had access yeah. to Yumi ultimate, then you can't dive Garen and Yumi anymore, and that's when Twisted Fate and Elise should have yeah. turned attention to the triple Doran's Rengar. I uh, think Fnatic made a conscious bad decision as a team to protect bot lane when Garen and Yumi were getting 2v2 kills by themselves. Also... To his credit, it's pretty hard to tower dive as a Rengar because you have no brushes, you sure, have sure. you have no way to uh, you know get in there. Plus, you're trying to dive a Camille, um, which is one of the trickier champions to dive because of the ult, because of the hook shot. Um, but I and also I just want to <clears throat> for at least for Brox's side. <clears throat> I hold Tien in very high regard, obviously. I think that he's actually been the most consistent and probably best up-to-date jungler of the tournament for me. Um, <clears throat> some other junglers have had individual, like, games or plays that have been a little bit... <clears throat> Uh-oh. You're oh, dying, Kobe. Oh, man, <laughs> Kobe. Wait a minute. Get some water. <laughs> it's all good. Take your time. Um, but, like, the level of competition that he's going up against, one of the things that Tien does so well is it... Like, I'm not listening to their comms, but it looks like he's just communicating with his lanes and with the other roamers of the team so incredibly well. Because him and Doinby always meet up at the exact right timing. Like, there, there's never, oh, wait, you have to wait around, like, three seconds for him to finish pushing the wave or whatever. It's always, like, perfect unison. And then Crisp as well. I thought he had an amazing first two games of the series mm -hmm. because that was one of the biggest things, how they took down Fnatic, is FPX stayed on the attack. They kept going for those engages. When Fnatic had all these globals and they were trying to split the map, mm -hmm. then immediately, you know, 30 seconds before they're expecting it, Crisp with this flash recon engage catches somebody out. And, you know, they get pick after pick and eventually um, are able to just push through with that advantage. So 
I, I really give a lot of credit to the improvement from group stage FBX to this yeah, series. Yeah, for sure. FBX. Well, and also just like, I don't think Brox is a bad player. I, I agree with Frost. I think he had a really bad tournament, yeah. right? And ultimately that, that sucks. And I think Fnatic... Mm has been for the last year a team that when they look good they look great they seem unstoppable and when they look bad they look really bad they look lost and from having players uh you know on euphoria in the past it's like it was very clear that for it took this team a long time to click and when they did click it was under very specific circumstances specific comps and play styles and while finally towards the end of playoffs we saw more flexibility we saw more difference coming in it feels like when the pressure was on like they, that clearly did not hold up yeah at least, and I will say this, and maybe we could turn it into a semi-eulogy. Can I do it? Are you going to rip Fnatic off, or are you going to do the eulogy? I'm going to do the eulogy. Okay, I'll rip you Fnatic off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fnatic, I am so glad that, you know, they just didn't go into the night on this one. Because it could have just ended very quickly. Week one was rough. Week two, heroic. The fact that they were able to get that shit together be able to find themselves into that best of eight. And even though people will always remember the lasting, the last taste, but, <laughs> but you always have to remember the journey. It was a rough journey. It was a long journey, but goddamn, will it be a Hollywood movie at some point? 2025, 20, make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. It's a long time. We'll remember, <laughs> it will be remembered. <laughs> Broxa will play himself because he's that big of a beast IRL. So he's all right. All right. Get him in a movie. Stop all right, everybody. Playing mage let's, bot lanes. Let's let's go to. We'll save G two down one for last because I think that's like that's like the biggest one. Uh, let's let's. I feel like splice SKT has to be pretty fast. You know, we're okay. kind of going through all of them. What what are the uh, Teddy uh, flew in with Majai's on his Kaisa and like one v four and still survived. Can I just say? <laughs> This is what got me ahead on the overall caster prediction. Because the worst thing about prediction, by the way, let me just have a, a semi-rant. People come into predictions and say, oh, yeah, yeah, analytically, oh, you didn't know this was going to happen. But literally, it's the most ridiculous projection. Because the only way I got this one correct, that it was going to be a 3-1, is projecting that SKT would come in and then not care. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> what kind of analytical projection is like, oh, they're going up against Splice. Splice is pretty decent at uh, drafting. They're a team that will definitely try their hardest to take at least one game where SKT will come in and honestly will come in trying to hide strategies and maybe have some fun. That was literally what I came into. I was like, one game will be taken. I put my life on it. I, I really thought uh, when what? they announced that they were subbing in Mata, I was like, oh, shh, Raz is going to get his win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was my first. People, the, people were like tweeting out, oh, I'm so excited. We can see Mata, world champion on stage. Everyone. He's using his world champion skin. <laughs> and I'm like, Everyone's they're memeing. <laughs> <laughs> you see this champ select? He picked Thresh, and then they just picked Skarner so that he can do the long Skarner pull thing. Like, th this is the world skin game. Just for, for Mata's like playground here. Yep. And I was like, uh, uh, well, <clears throat> see what happens here. You know, before before you got to send Mata off to the farm, you know, you want to make sure he has one more great day where he gets to enjoy his favorite meal and I felt so have bad a good time and put his good skin on. And then they started losing, and I'm just like, oh, that's oh, no, sad. Mata, you put the sorry. skin yeah. on, too. Yeah. He was one game away Wait, from Wait, the question is, if he gets his... If, for he what? Skins, yes. I didn't even have that. That's rough. If you play a game, you get a world skin, right? That's my understanding. Yes. Okay. Understanding and the only game he's played is on Thresh. So does he just get another Thresh skin for that single I loss against still, I think they still get to choose. Okay. But he could... That'd be cool to have two Thresh skins. 
That'd be I good. Just, just one percent that, song. My one only request is the back animation includes him getting attacked by a snake. That would, that would <laughs> no. <just> <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's oh so, my god. And like I don't know what a else. A little to say. Skarna runs up to him in his back animation, and they do the little lantern pull. <laughs> yeah. So like, here's the thing. Like I think that. Uh, the information that they gathered from the series is still pretty, pretty beneficial, right? Like Kai says, I, the entire tournament, I expect that the Draven at some point will be looked at, right? Mm. I don't that think Quinn, they're actually going to play Draven seriously. I think they were fishing for Draven bands. Or, yeah, that or maybe just trying to test if it was appropriate and if we were comfortable playing around a Draven as a team in a competitive setting. I think that's something that is always tough for teams. Even if you have a great Draven player, it's like, well, we can, can we play around them? I would be com- shocked if they played Draven against Perks Mickey. Yeah, so I think maybe not the Draven, but for sure the Quinn, I think, is a pick that we will see. Yeah. It is just so dooming if you're a Renekton <laughs> with how high of a priority we've been seeing on Renekton picks that finally if a team's willing to let the Renekton go just to just slam them on the Quinn in the sideline, I think that's the pick that they'll take away with it and say, yeah, in the semifinals, we want to have the Quinn pick for Khan. So going into that series, um, I felt really strongly that Splice needed to figure out how to solve the Lee Sin problem and solve the Renekton problem. But the Lee Sin problem only existed because Elise was pretty much banned every single game against SKT mm. or majority of their games. And then when it wasn't and like Clid was just grabbing it and slamming kids, then it just became about the Renekton problem. Like Lee Sin didn't even go deep enough into that champion pool. And when Splice's answer was, I've got it. We ourselves will play the Renekton. I was like, oh no. And if you're a Vizichachi lover, you're like, is this the return of 2015 Vizichachi? Is this the moment? No, no, it has not been the return for many years. No, put him back on a tank. Get him off this champion. And then they sent him into Quinn's waiting arms. I was like, oh, disaster. Yeah. That was brutal to watch. It feels bad for Renekton. If you don't have flash up and all, like, you just can't get on top of this one. So. Took phase rush. You took cleanse. There's was no way actually, Quinn was ever going to die on that It was lane. actually physically painful to watch those trades. Yeah. Just watching Renekton, like, slowly try to walk forward. Like, maybe, maybe Quinn will overstep in this instant. I can land a stun. And Quinn's just in and out. Just, oh. Yeah. As long as you E every uh, dash from Renekton, then it's very frustrating to play. It's one of those cool. melee melee champion problems uh, getting kited. <laughs> Definitely feels pretty bad. Oh, just every phase rush proc just hurt. It hurt to watch. Um, chat. Who wants to remove splice? I guess I should remove splice. Is the who wants to do the eulogy? Who's gonna do the? I do splice. You do yeah. splice. Or you wait, yeah. dear splice. <laughs> you deserved your standing ovation. You've tried for many years to get Chachi and Xerse on this stage. You returned after 2016. And you know what? Our expectations were low and you met them. You did a good <laughs> what? job. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, got, they got the quarters the oh, first time at Worlds. Right, exactly. As, as a, so... Uh, because here's the thing. No, in all seriousness, because the thing is, is you look at like Fnatic uh, versus FPX, everyone's like hard flaming Fnatic. They're like, yo. This team fiddlesticks that, fiddlesticks yeah. this, blah, 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 blah. and like everyone's like, "Yeah, Splice, great job!" And I totally understand. Splice ran into SKT. They made it to quarters. They like really struggled in plans. They got the group of life. But at the same time, I'm like, "Isn't that kind of aren't there some double standards happening here where everyone's like, Splice yes. are the new heroes, <laughs> Fnatic go die in a bin?" Like, yeah, when the, like I, I I'm sorry. Like you know why? This this I know why. You know but why? I'm just maybe there shouldn't be. Maybe we should just be proud of. The fact that three I, LEC seeds made it into knockouts. To be clear, and they I'm, both took I'm proud of Fnatic for making it this far. There were multiple times this year where I thought Fnatic was boom. 
Mm. They took double best of fives. They went here. They had the heroic SKT day. subbed in Mata against Splice. No, sure. And but ran. I'm proud. I'm proud of both. I, but not for that series. I'm proud of Splice for making it out of groups. Yeah. Making it through plans. Uh-huh. I'm proud of Norskaren for having one or two sick games when he was like really struggling most of the year. All very like, proud of that. Kabe had an amazing series. His Boom. cool hourglass yeah. outplay. I'm just I. I feel like we have two, two options. We can burn everyone down or we can bring everyone up. And That's I, And I want to bring everyone okay. up, but since it we're It sounds a lot burning. like you're trying to burn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want you to know that I'm proud of you for doing literally nothing. <laughs> that you were useless, but in the way that I expected you to okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> You be- know how they want to burn the field to enrich the soil first yes. and then yeah. the plants? I yes. think. <laughs> oh, I see. There it there is. Go. <laughs> Just putting the nutrients back in the earth. <laughs> Allow step one to thrive. I just want the context to be that if we're really going to flame Fnatic, then flame at Splice as well. But I actually think it should just be three LEC teams yeah. made it out of knockouts. Like you're saying, individual members of Fnatic all had great games. Chachi, incredible Cho'Gath game. Cersei was all of those early games. Humanoid was popping off on a Syndra. Kabe did Kabe things that we love him for. It. And Norskaren on Thresh in his play-ins game was like, hell yes. And that Blitz, the Blitz game started real nice and went downhill very fast, but started very nice. That sounds like all Blitz games, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Blitz yeah. games, you were getting, you're getting some sick hooks and kills. Everything's like, this, like is this, is the, this is why I picked the... This is why I got him. And then it just realizes when you're trying to swap into mid and you're like, they have too many wards. <laughs> Wait a second, guys. We need harder advantages. Um, but I still love it. Gave me that uh, Misfits vibe. For brief moments until the yes. Mata sub in. And then they won that game and I was like, maybe? I was like, it, this 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 spark inside of me, will it turn into a fire? And then I saw that Renekton and I was like, spark's dead. As an aside, is, is Blitzcrank the most played support by non-support players? Like if you get auto-filled to support. Velkos. Like no, you, P- Pike. You, Pike is the new one for but sure. For, for Blitz, I feel like I can do nothing, but then I hit one Good hook, and people are like, oh, God hand, yes. oh my God. And then you're just like, Yeah, I'm the best. After like yeah. one play, you, you miss I literally, or something. I, I experienced that emotional curve in an area. I missed literally like 30 hooks, did nothing for the first yeah. 20 minutes. We survived a hook a carry once. They're like, Wow, you're insane. You're like, and I was oh. literally yeah. been getting flamed. I was like, Borderline gonna mute these guys. They called me so many horrible names that are probably only acceptable in the US in a variety of languages. I hit one hook, and I'm like, let me, tell you, now. let me tell you the trick of it, though. This is why Blitzcrank is actually such a godlike champion. It's because of that, literally that one play redemption that will cu- give you all that dopamine. And another thing is also just how dumb the champion looks and the animations <laughs> of it. When you're just walking around, you're like, this is my fun game. This is the one game I get to enjoy not playing my role. Uh, and then if you do well, excellent. This <laughs> made it worthwhile. <laughs> and then you look at Pike. Pike looks ultra cool. Like you need a, a lot more skill to make the champion worthwhile. So it's definitely a good Twitter vote to have. I think Blitzcrank wins. I think I think these days it's Pike because I think people don't understand that Pike's hard. They're just like I've played against this champion. He murders me when he's ahead. It can't be that hard. They like e in aggressively for some reason in lane. What instantly amazing die. area are you guys in where like your autofill supports are playing support champions? I'm getting Velkaz every game I play exclusively there. bot lane, so like I'm choosing bot lane. I play with you, I'm sitting next to a bard. With Hail of Blades, thank you Vulcan. You I'm proud of Clutch because he showed me that one and now I love that. I do that I, every game. I didn't get to be on that, uh, that Euphoria, so I just want to say this. Vulcan's really impressive. Yes. I think Vulcan's like Really fiddlesticks and good. Yeah, look, fiddlesticks and good. <laughs> fiddlesticks right. and good. One more. Damon Gaming versus G2 Esports. Kobe, you said this looked like the world champion plan. I watched this for that. I heard you. Uh-huh. I heard you praising your. So, I, I, yeah. I, so, after that, um, I think watching all of the quarterfinals, 
the best performance in quarterfinals by a single team was G2. Mm. Um, and I think that this series, um, like this series definitely had a lot of push and pull, at least at the beginning. Um, but especially how they how they ended it. Like that last game, G2, you know the game is over at like, seven minutes or something they when when caps has spent what was like 30 percent of his time, time in, in lane, lane he's, he spent more time in the jungle and top lane ganking yeah um and you're just seeing g2 move around the map so quickly that gives you that feeling of 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 the oppressive style like the reason why people got so hyped for g2 after msi win and you know and and all the, was like the way that they won right and, and it changed a lot of the way that a lot of teams around the world, even the best teams from their different regions, wanted to approach the game. Um, and I think that was the cool thing that we got another glimpse of. Because I was also worried after the end of group stages uh, and their Griffin games and Yankos losing both sides of Keanu Leeson and, and you start to get a little shaky and you're like, wait a second. But you know, I thought this series really brought back a lot of those things for G2 because this series, focus so much on how they move around the map. And it wasn't just in the last game, even though that was the best example of it. G2 to me is just one of the most amazing best of five teams. Cause if you think about their last game and every single of their best of fives, it literally is a download Stop. dissect and destroy. Yes. They figure you out and then they absolutely obliterate you. They did that to SKT in game five. They did it both times to Fnatic in game five. They did it to Origin in game three. They did it to TL in game three. They're like uh, a drag car where it starts off slow and then as soon as it hits top speed, if you get if you get hit by that, you're obliterated. Yeah, this is why I love like because what we got what we took away from their group stage was that once again they're a creative team. They they're drafting. They can pretty much put AP champions wherever, but we needed to see the fundamental G2 that we knew from MSI and all of that. Like the team that could play the first 20 minutes incredibly well. We got exactly that. I thought this was just a, a great best of five in general because, you know, what we got were dancing partners. Dom Juan were a smart team as well. If the, from the draft itself, you were like, this is exactly how we kind of laid it out. Both teams played it out super respectfully. G2 understood that they had a great bot side that they can really pick at. Um, and then with their advantages, they really slow rolled it. And I love that form of G2. And I think people focus so much on that creativity, the draft memes that can come <laughs> from it, uh, that they forget that this team is actually across the board, very smart, active thinkers that know what situation they get put into and they can play around it very well. So great stuff from G2. Uh, my eyes, definitely the tournament favorite. So I'd agree with uh, Kobe's sentiment on that. People just um, people who don't watch the LEC and don't really watch G2 and only saw them internationally. Like, I agree with you. They tunnel focus in on kind of like the memes and the drafting. Yeah. But I think it's to the detriment that they didn't actually know that G2 were just good at League of Legends. Everyone or people who didn't watch the LEC just thought that G2 was only those gimmicks. And if they didn't have those gimmicks, that they would just collapse. And it's very... Uh, I guess I feel very smug now getting to see a lot of people very quickly flip on G2 versus the SKT matchup and like how much scarier and, and more impressive it becomes as the community who aren't LEC watchers now get to see G2 play standard League of Legends and realize, oh shit, this team can do it all. They're really scary. I think Moosevi made the tweet, uh, coach of Misfits, and was like, uh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> G2, real good. <laughs>
I'm excited for that matchup, by the way. I don't know if you want to move forward to yeah, projecting say, and setting I, we're, up we're, these matchups. Yeah, we're setting like the we, SK2G2 one is so exciting. Let's, let's get like one one minute, two minutes, some short period of time. Let's talk a little bit about Dom Juan. Because I think Dom Juan, like, that was a fantastic series. Dom Juan played well. Remember, mm -hmm. this is their first year um, at, you know, as a team playing on the stage with, you know, coach comes backing them up. And it's, it was cool. And I thought they did great. But to me, it's like, uh, at, I don't know. Do you guys have like any strong feelings about Dan Wynette? Because I'm I'm reveling in the euphoria. So right? Their I'll, active I'll champion pool is too small on specific uh, players, Nuclear and Canyon. And people can point at Nuclear and say that yes, his active champion pool, as in like he only he only plays Kaisa or whatever. Um, and then like even when he is playing his best champion, he's still not the best Kaisa at the tournament. But then with Canyon, who is a very talented jungler, I actually think Canyon also has a very small, effective champion pool. Whereas unless he gets his signature champs like his Talia, then he doesn't have the same sort of impact that he would have had. And I think that was one of the primary problems when you run into a team like G2, who have massive champion pools, and then pound for pound talent-wise can either match you where you're strongest or vastly outclass you when it comes to the bot lane. So here's my thing on Canyon, because I, I really love Canyon as a player, and I think the team that he's on actually demands a lot out of him in the early game in the early game they really require him to be able to because you know uh, nagri and i to a certain degree i think showmaker does have a he not he picks for the early game but for the most part he has issues with bot side and top side a lot of the time looking to scale more often and while nagri is a great player he's a great team fighter and he tries to kind of scale to that point rather than necessarily having a great or at least picking for the lane and so canyon Wonderful at being able to path to protect and counter gank for his lanes. He's done that pretty much the entire tournament, especially in Group D when they went up against IG. Just played Ning for a fool. So I really think that Canyon, while he has a pretty tough role on that team, really was um, a, some, a shining light for Dom Juan. Dom Juan, once again, uh, I think they are a team, while they have a lot of young players on that roster performed very confidently and performed like veterans. I didn't actually, there wasn't too many moments where I thought that they were nervous on that stage because they took first seed in Group D, did well versus uh, Invictus Gaming, and then learned versus Team Liquid and then smashed them on the second time round. So they were a very good team. And I think what people will, you know, with all the messages of them being scrim games and everything, will kind of sell them down the road because they lost that best of five. Where a lot of the times, if you look to other teams that, uh, in, in the quarterfinals in general, I still, I still think they played really well while behind and uh, were able to accelerate leads decently well versus G2, who I think, once again, um, currently looking like the best team in the tournament. Yeah, my feelings on Dom 1. I, it's a team I'm incredibly excited to, to keep track of the future for, yes. right? Because um, they're coming out of Challenger, made it all the way to Worlds. And I think it was a blessing for them to actually go through play-ins. Um, because you could see the evolution of the team. Like, they didn't dominate play-ins either, right? People were, ex were giving them a lot of extra credit, and they're like, all right, yeah, it's going to be smash, not going to lose the game or whatever. And you're like, ah. I they did 4-0, but those were some... You, you're watching the games, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are quite <laughs> questionable games. No, I'm agreeing with you, because people will go, oh, 4-0, but then they're like, yeah, okay, well, if you want to point out they did drop a game to low-key, but also watch those play-in games if you want to, mm -hmm. like, see the cracks in the surface yeah and, and you can kind of see uh the evolution uh, of the team over the course of of this tournament so i it's still a team i'm super super excited for the future um especially because i think nuggery made more mistakes than i expected him to make uh in the best of five i actually had a higher expectation for nuclear's mistakes so i 
kind of he like he hit the bar actually, <laughs> but I had it as like uh, he's probably gonna make it more because you know prepping for the team coming in you're like uh, most of the mistakes come out of nuclear. What like, his game two was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I don't know I'm I'm definitely gonna keep track of them um, very closely because I feel like with with a few close tweaks. Um, that is going to be another possible powerhouse team that could come to future international events. Yeah, it's cool because it feels like and I don't know if you guys agree, but I would still say that Danwon are probably the fourth best team in the tournament. Mm. Let's take a look at it because you're basically questioning if they would beat Fnatic or if they would beat Griffin. Wait, 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 wait. You mean fifth best fifth, team in the tournament? Are you saying then? Because uh, who are you knocking out of? Uh, oh, right, right, fifth best. Because I think FBX. People before seeing no, I, I actually would say I think that they're the fourth best because I personally think out. that they're better than Invictus Gaming. There we go. Ooh. I like this one. So this definitely hits the take that I was about to go into. I think if Dom One versus IG went through, Dom One definitely had the better quarterfinals than IG. Even at, even though IG was the winner, wait, there were so many moments else. Can I nuance one? one can say your nuance. Say he's gone. It's. Damwon are in recent form better than Invictus Gaming. I think if Invictus Gaming play to their ceiling, yes. IG are the better team. But right now, I would say Damwon are the fourth best team. So here's the thing that's... I know we already talked about it and we'll go into the uh, future on this point, but I agree with that point. I'm always wrong whenever it comes to... You know, I always undersell IG in a sense because everything... Because you just get punished so hard by them. Because the thing with IG is they have such amazing players... But then the teamwork always seems to, and the coordination around that as well, and the consistency of some of the players, you can never track. Was that not a team call for the Kogma teleport? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, agree. I agree with Raz. IG is like, it's like an abusive relationship. Yes, it is just I, not, it's not healthy. Oh, I can't track that. that. And so, that. like, IG could very easily be the champions once again of 2019, and I will always get the vote down saying, not, like right now, I know we're gonna talk about it, but like FPX look great. And then they'll get punched by the Cheyenne rookie. And I'm like, well, feels bad, man. <laughs> so so it's, it's very hard to track IG. And so I will always say, yes, Damwon look like a more complete team, but how much does that really matter though in the lanes, in the first 15 minutes? And so it's tough. It's Can tough. Can you be the person? I think. Have you taken one down yet? I think it's your. Time. I haven't taken one down Tom yet. Ross, Who's take... gonna say them peace? Who's saying the peace? For Damwon. Yeah, Damwon. I'll yeah. say. I'll say it for Damwon. Okay, 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 okay. I'm up. All right, young Damwon. I think you should be proud of this year. I think the the storyline, the narrative. If people want to crucify it like that, since narrative kind of has a negative connotation in our community, that you are the new face, the new, the young blood of Korea is super cool, and I think you should be proud of that. Proud of the way that you played. It was a sick tournament. While ultimately there were some question marks, specifically around the bot lane. I was still. I loved watching all of those games. This is a team that I want to see at Worlds again, and I think was I was pleasantly surprised every step of the way by by what they showed on stage. Live by the klepto, die by the klepto. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, semifinals are upon us, and my first question before we talk about anything else, any other matchups, is: Is this the most stacked top four? In world's history. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so cool, right? Because it's the first seeds of the three strongest regions plus the defending world champion. Right. That's actually just the best storyline. Okay. I regret now writing down all of the top fours from all the years past. <laughs> you guys were way too decisive. I thought I'd have to go through all. <laughs> I don't got to use this noggin. I know what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane to me because I have definitely a person who 
knee-jerk reactions a lot when I see a team run it down or do very well, right? Like I have a hard time knowing where they're going to land. Um, and that was the case for me with G2. That was the case for me with FPX. And so to see former world champions, number one seeds from each of the top three regions through at the end is is like mind-boggling and crazy and not through on like necessarily the easiest roads either, right? It's not, it wasn't like the draw was perfect for these teams and they just got the the right path through you know there's a lot of hard series like that ig griffin series definitely could have gone you know uh, different day different drafts could have definitely gone in the favor of griffin so it's it's actually crazy and they've all been through their own lessons throughout the tournament and that's what i was kind of wanting to see right because you you there are always going to be a few teams that come into the tournament stagnate or at least like run into a wall and then doesn't continue to grow but all four of these teams have found those moments skt group of death you know there were definitely three games where they got challenged, two of the RNG games, one of the Fnatic game where they got blasted. Uh, and then, you know, as they went on, they kind of learned. We still haven't seen peak SKT because the best of five they were going up against, I think they were certainly hiding a lot. But then same thing happened for G2 in week two. Uh, you look towards FPX, oh boy, that week one. <laughs> like a lot of these teams ran into trials and tribulations and they got over it real quick and i love to see that makes it for a better semifinals with those lessons learned i think we're at the point in league of legends history where because it has been a uh, competition for so long that you now have to start weighing experience so much more i don't think it is by any coincidence that not only are the first seeds like some of the most historic organizations of um all of these regions like Outside of FPX, these are your reigning world champions and then massive brands that have been around forever, built off of players who have been around forever. It's now at this point where anything that you saw in groups, uh, you almost have to like throw away and you have to think back, what are these teams and these players' experiences in best of five and build your analysis off of that? Because I think if you you go back to that, um, it's fairly easy to see where the clear winners would be here because that to me was the big difference is... The composure, the experience, the ability to perform in clutch uh, moments. And I think that's where we are now. Like Faker, it doesn't matter what form SKT walk in. If they're like third seed, Faker will guarantee you top four at least. He's that good of a player now. And I think any tournament that he shows up at, that should be the expectation. It doesn't matter what you saw from SKT. They could literally be on fire. You'd be like, probably still going to make top four. It's... Uh, it's it's actually oh it's so insane. Um, I had a couple other questions, but I'm, I'm honestly just so excited to get into it. Um, before I let current LPL caster and former LPL caster talk a lot about a bunch of things that I probably know nothing about, let's start with G2 versus SKT. <laughs> um, as mentioned already, G2 uh, and I'm in agreement look like the tournament favorites at this moment. So if they're going to win this series, like how are they going to do it? Where? Where is this confidence coming from? Because, I mean, Kobe, in this case, you said it knowing that their next opponent was SKT. Right. And I said it as if I'm looking at those quarterfinals, they were the team that performed the best of all the teams that played in quarterfinals. However, like Frosk is saying, I think Faker underperformed in quarterfinals, and you still give him that credit, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, he underperformed in quarterfinals. That's not what I'm expecting, though, when they go up against G2. And actually, because he underperformed and you saw the other members step up, like Khan smashing hard, you're like, hmm, that's going to be kind of scary for Wonder because he just went up uh, against Sword and, uh, or excuse me, uh, Nagari. Nagari. And now he's going to go up against like Khan on form, um, you know, with the extra Quinn and all these counter picks yeah. and stuff. And you're just like, 
this is going to be much more interesting uh, dilemma that they're going to have to deal with. It was literally like a situation where, um, A, you didn't see the true power of SKT because it was clear as Raz is saying, if you want to say the more positive spin, they were hiding things. They didn't want to reveal anything or what I think was probably more honest. They disrespected their opponent. And then when things got serious, instantly the priority pick of Rise. And then during that cast, we're like, Faker's actually had a bad series. Like, where is he? Is he going to show up? And then as we were saying it, he literally flashes the wall and blows Zersei up. Now, then he did uh, Realm Warp on top of Kabe and trade one for one. But, like, the fact of the matter is it very quickly felt that it was going to be a different beast, like, with the priority pick of Rise and then Faker just almost kind of, like, shedding off the chains and be like, okay, it, it's time. We're closing this now. And he also opened this series really strong, his Lissandra game. Um, I think since it was at the beginning, a lot of people yeah. kind of... Yeah. Is watched yeah, away. It's, it's really easy but to like, let those yeah, games hit, fall away. Him getting counterpick, uh, you know, shoving that early with Lissandra, diving on topside, um, getting that ball rolling for them was also very big. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is going to remind me of MSI semifinals. It either goes to four or five. Both of these teams are right now, I'd say, the strongest in the tournament in just raw fundamentals. I want to be able to see what SKT would do under duress. But one thing that I think G2 had as an advantage in quarterfinals was certainly drafting because they could play uh, pressure on top and bottom lane and they kind of forced uh, Don Juan's bot side's hand consistently, taking away Kaisa's high priority. This time around, because of SKT and how comfortable they are playing carries and all that nonsense on the top side of the map, you're right. I think this will be the smartest draft I will, we will see in the tournament, my understanding. Um, and it should be a nice back and forth. I think the one area where I would just almost clearly give it to SKT at this point before even seeing the games okay. is actually in 5v5. I still think that SKT are the best team fighting team at the tournament. And so, like, while I agree with you, like, Galaxy uh, Brain Draft, like, these teams can attack in kind of multiple positions. They can pick where and when they're going to beat you. Yeah. If this comes down to just, like, Big lumbering team comps. 5v5s over Baron. I'm like, GT looked good, but I still feel SKT. Those team fights that they did in their group stage were absolutely disgustingly good. They were winning team fights that they clearly shouldn't have won because they were that much better than their opponent, not just individually, but in that synergy together. You know how disheartening I was, I was during group stage where I was like, all right, we can take SKT in the gr team fights, RNG. Let's go. And, and then like, they just Ooh. tanked three team fights in a row. Ooh. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like, they have the one three one card. So yeah, SKT is a super talented team. That works definitely as a strength. I think um, at times you can see I'll say as a small weakness is that they are so confident in their individual play that they are willing to go away from their composition yep. to take fights. So that's something where I feel like they have to be on form and they have to be actively thinking about uh, and respecting the enemy team. I think this is the first series that they're going to have where they have to have the utmost respect of their opponents and play a much slower game, in my opinion. I'm super excited for the early stages of the game, too, uh, because I think all, all the lane matchups are incredibly important, but... Both of these teams in the early game, if they have a winning lane matchup, they'll use that to affect the other areas of the map, right? A lot yeah. of a lot of teams will be like, okay, here's my winning lane or whatever, and we'll play off of that winning lane. We'll play off of mid lane or whatever. Um, but both of these teams will now move that across the map to try and transfer uh, the pressure. And so I feel like any slight edge is going to mean a lot. And that's why I'm like, oh, my God. So this top lane is going to be so much more important. Khan, is, Khan played quarters way better than Nuggery did. Also, Teddy played quarters way better than Nuclear did. Way, way better. Yeah. So there are going to be a lot more challenges uh, just even at the beginning trying to set up for that game plan.
Okay, I love it. And I know that, like, because draft is so important and, like, winning matchups are so important, it's not as simple as saying, like, player. When people are this close, it's not as uh, easy as saying. Rise is the most important champion. Zaya is the most important champion. I'm trying to think of which jungler is probably the most important between Clear and know. I need to know. I have to know. Caps versus Faker. Yeah. Who is better? <laughs> so, who, is, who is better? Because we talk about like the Faker, Faker. kind of the struggle. Why would you say, not, give me reasons. I need to, because I, I, I want to believe, because Caps was roaming everywhere. I feel like Caps has been a So that's the thing. I'm going to start, I'm going to start in the camps, de- uh, the camps, the cat, the cap camp. The cap The cap camp. camp. There you go. The cap department. <laughs> no, but Caps, uh, he was actually, in my opinion, the most, the most, the, the strongest player. I'll say strongest player instead of most valuable player. In that quarterfinal? In the quarterfinal, he was the strongest player. What about Yankos and Perks? Yeah, well, Perks was very good in team fights. He had some odd moments, but like for sure, Caps was like a, the core of the map. He was doing incredibly well in the mid lane. He was oftentimes roaming, as Draco's mentioned, to the, Who was shepherding to the right him. side of the map. Look, I understand it's always a yin and yang with junglers. <laughs> just let the man get his credit. <laughs> he played well. I just. I think it. I think it was Yankos. Okay, so I, uh, they all played well. This is why having the MVP in that game is so difficult. Stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. I say it's difficult. It doesn't matter. I say it's difficult. I'm gonna leave that. But Caps was king, and if I'm just taking nameplates off, I think Caps in that series is going to be a real problem for Faker. And I can understand that Faker is a complete package, but the way Caps is performing right now, with the support that's reliable around him. Uh, inside that 1v1, outside of it, I think Caps has it. That's hype. Do you think it's Faker? Okay, so is it better if we do jungle mid 2v2? Do you like feel like that's a more complete that discussion? That is an easier conversation. There you have. go. Let's, let's, let's talk about well, that. Because yeah. like, that's what I ultimately want to know. Because like, obviously, it's a team game. <laughs> blobby blobby. So people don't so look at it. But it's Caps versus Faker, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because we always talk about uh, you know tracking the enemy jungler and how yeah. important that is for teams. Um, but you're going to have to apply that to mid laners as well this game <laughs> because of how much both these guys roam. Right? You're like, what about their mid laner tracking? <laughs> you're like, where is this guy? Faker um, talked about, um, I remember the interview specifically before they go up against Griffin, right? And he's like, yeah, Chovy is a great laner, but he focuses way too much on lane, right? And then they smash him yeah. and in that exact fashion too. Faker's like, I'm out of here. He wins the map for them, right? Um, you know, he's not going to say that in an interview about Caps though, yeah. especially after that quarter. Caps does not enter lane ever and it makes it very difficult for me to play League like of Legends. Most of the time the camera panned over him in the Yasuo game, he was doing a jungle camp rather than clearing a mid-wave uh, he's a takeout mid laner. Everyone else is sitting down. They're having a meal in mid lane. They're farming up. Caps is like, I'll get mine to go. That's <laughs> I'm so excited for, for all stages of this game, right? Your champion select because that leads into how your lane matchups are going to play out and how they're going to go, uh, you know, for these invades, for uh, for the smaller objectives that lead up to it uh, and trying to track all these pieces. Because, you know, as soon as someone gets a lead, they're going to try and use that for the next bigger step. And it's going to be a domino effect. I just... <sighs> Here's the thing. If Faker performed in that quarterfinal to what he was doing in groups and what he was doing in his playoff run, Mm -hmm. then this conversation isn't even close because you would look then at the extended timeline. You'd be like, Caps actually didn't play very well in uh, summer. Like his domestic summer split was not the Caps that expected. They were carried by Perks and Yankos in particular. And it was Wonder and Caps that were struggling if they were. Caps had an amazing quarterfinal. And yes, we finally got to see Caps return to form because we know what that ceiling looks like. But again, that's based mostly on the fact that Faker didn't have a great quarter. And I think that's a knee-jerk reaction to be like, 
the Caps got this. I'm like, uh, Caps well, returned okay, to so form for a single uh, series, and I would love to see him play at form against Faker, but I'm like, Faker has been playing much closer to form. He came into his first game against Fnatic and went legendary on Tristana, and people are like, but he played two bad games in that best of five where well, SKT clearly didn't care. It's interesting, because I, I agree with the, in the group stage, he started out well in terms of, like, he would get his leads early, and then things went downhill. This is the issue with SKT, that when they have their advantages, those games get wild. And a lot of the times, it's because of Clid or Faker that tr basically, like, I have this lead, I have the snowball, let's go. <laughs> so I think like Caps is, both of them are getting their leads early, at least from what we've seen early in this tournament. But then it's like, who can keep that lead? Fakers, he has a hole in his bag. <laughs> He's just leaking out cash. That's my issue is that SKT is a, is a lot more of an LPL team, a team <sighs> that when they get leads, they continue to move forward at a reckless pace. That is a derogatory so thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so is G2. I'm like, wait a minute. Of <laughs> Both of these teams yeah, no, are absolutely. very likely to take high-risk plays while they're ahead. Well, and both of, that, that's why it's so exciting, This is what's right? interesting. Because I agree from what, until we got to the quarterfinals where they were hyper safe, right? Where they were like, all right, we have this huge yeah, yeah, lead. Yeah. But it's like, do we do Baron? Yes. Like, so, there's a 20% chance this gets steal stolen. We're backing off, folks. <laughs> like I seem to remember the final game, uh, G2 massive lead. Uh, bottom lane, uh, Mickey Nautilus then hooks in, <laughs> and you see, nice. double kill. And yeah. you're like, ah, I, I, hyper safe. I sent him a message <laughs> after, after the final game where he like flashes over the wall and then hooks into the wall and gets does literally nothing when it's in the red pit. I was like, so, uh... How'd you feel about your uh, your performance today there, uh, bud? How are you feeling about that uh, semifinal? Because it's just like, oh my god, dude. Why? In the final game, everyone is looking good. This could have been a montage for everyone, and Mickey and Perks are like, but we go. never want you to have 100% faith in you two. We always want to leave you asking at least one question. Yeah, and it's similar to, like, you're talking about the SKT games or, like, where they're overdiving, right? Yes. Uh, and they, they're not counting people's stopwatches or yeah. Faker dives on Vagar with ult up and gets smashed <laughs> just, in the face. And you're just like, that could happen from both sides of this matchup. This is very true. <laughs> this is very true. It does, I'm... Do, do we do predictions on this show? I, I think we, we can do. The... We could, yeah, we could definitely do predictions. I just my last three thing two is G two, three two G two. Wait, you were on the SKT court for the whole thing? No, I was just telling you that Faker's better than Caps. That Faker's better than Caps. Okay, all right. G two do not beat SKT because Caps collapse Faker. Okay. Like if that happens, clearly they will win. G two right. beat SKT because they're a better team. Yeah, because it's a team game. Yeah. <laughs> This is funny because, like, me and Frosk will always have these back-and-forth arguments all year long, right? I literally just play devil's advocate just to wind you up. I swear. Because it's like, all right, so what's the result? Oh, we agree? What were we talking about? Why did, <laughs> we, fight? Why now, did we fight for 30 anymore? minutes? But, yeah, I think G2. I, I would, I would, my prediction would be G2 as well. I think it goes to five. I but think you were just on the no. <laughs> that, that's the craziest thing. Now I'm like, well, I have to go SKT. Hell no, this is not right. We can't have three. We can't have this. So here's the thing you have to understand about Raz and I. We've worked together for so long yeah. that when Raz goes into one of his points and I'm listening to him, I'm like, okay, that's good information. And then Raz starts to waffle. People are like, why does Frost run it or cut Raz off so often? It's because like, I'm just thinking, I'm going to run head first into this guy and I'm going to get a reaction out of him. And yeah. you always do it. I, oh, wait a minute. Because I, I always go through all the possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to lay it all down and then strike. And then you, then, then you just go in. And I'm like, all right, well. All right. 
between well, next time we'll put you next to each other. No, we need to fight. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm the fighting is fine. It's just I feel like Kobe's like caught in the middle. It's like the mom and dad are fighting, and Kobe's just like, it's all right, I'm just here sipping away. Yeah, it's like, sweetie, it's it's not you, okay? Mom and dad are just having problems right now, and you're like, okay, like, put your headphones on, listen to your listen to your music. I will say. The positive about all of this is that it, to start this podcast, I was super chilly. I'm more than hot now. <laughs> <You're> fired up. <laughs> I actually took off my jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe, it. are you yeah. going to swap to SKT? What do you think? Uh, I, I, I for sure am because whenever there's one where I can make a very convincing argument for either team, um, I, I think that that should be representative, right? Yeah. I mean, after the quarterfinals, yes, G2 did play better than SKT in the quarterfinals. Um, but it's very easy to make arguments that SKT will play better versus G2. And because of the volatility of players on both sides, um, you can, like, it's very, everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, 3 2 because it's so close. Not j- because they think, oh, it's definitely going to go to five games. Because you but don't be- know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I will always, here's my, whenever I make predictions, I think 3 1 if it's more of a drafting thing, right? Like, for instance, if it's like, if on teams is better but then they are susceptible of one bad draft, right? Or at least something that they can't necessarily play through, but then they can still finish the job when they have it. I usually will side with 3-1. Yep. But usually if it's a five-game series prediction, I'm like either both teams are incredibly messy in-game and will find this long, drawn-out series, or they're both very back and forth, and it could just be a thing about which one side being, like, let's say if it's blue side, being a lot more protective for both teams. So I think it's the latter. I think that one team will find a pick. I think red side will be a little bit more important just because of top lane counter pick with how Khan and Wonder will probably trade matchups. I think that's a little bit more important. So I would say that's why for me it'll go five. I just think that there's too many flex picks right now um, between both these teams that counter pick on a solo lane actually means so much less. Like it can definitely still happen from red side, but yeah. I think there's much more likely of a scenario whether you're red or blue side that you're just grabbing so many power picks because they're so flexible and because these teams can play anything that they want anywhere that they want. Like not even flexing between mid and top, but flexing between ADC and mid, jungle and mid, mid and top, top and support, support and jungle. We like, get it, Frost. There's a lot of combinations. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but people always just always think it's about the the, the solo lane, and yeah. it's not. Yeah, we are, we already started thinking about though, like because uh, how dominant Rise has been. Like, what are the bands we're going to see start to drop? For these changes within the series, Are you right? Getting Pantheon has to be Renekton. I, I don't. I don't think Pantheon think does, yeah. because of the Orn. The Renektons, the like the Akali, maybe even. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Zaya probably. I mean, the Yana, question is, bottom lane. Elise, Renekton, yeah. Zaya, I think are the champions. <clears throat> Rise will be the the yeah, champions that are played around. It's hard around. for me to know because I, I I was kind of waiting to see Kaisa versus Zaya, especially in the Dom 1 G2 best of five, and it seems like neither team wanted to risk it. Like, I thought at some point the strategy would be like, all right, we want one of the two good AD carries, but teams are very clearly still willing to try to ban away the Zaya and then take the Kaisa or try to counterpick the Kaisa, which I think is like... It's 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 a hard I, task. I think you're at a, you're innately at a disadvantage anytime you're going up against Kaisa with anything that isn't Zaya, unless you execute flawlessly. I think there's a lot of burden on you to do so, but... I honestly love it because it just feels mm-hmm. so contentious. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that most series, it feels like after game one, the bans are decided on and you pretty much can go through there and unless one pick is disgustingly OP, you swap maybe one thing. But this feels like a series where 
in between games, like you could be swapping two or three bands out for a completely new strategy. Yeah. SKT, I really think they should deny at least the Zaya from Perks because uh, he just looks insane on, on that yeah. champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they should never waste a ban on Kiana until a member of G2 wins a game because of Kiana. Mm. Um, like, I, ooh, I understand what you're saying, but I just don't agree. Because I think Kiana's way too powerful around Baron, and there's way too many good Kiana members on both these teams. I don't think you have enough resources in your bands versus this team to do that, and so that's why I'm picking the Kiana as one I want to... Because I would rather G2 have Kiana than Ryze. Yeah, that's fair. Given Yanko's performance on Kiana, it's like pretty safe. But... That's why I also said until one of them hard carries on it. Yeah, because like, I'm like, yeah, one of them on paper. This, so, you know, this, even Yankos could I do just, it. Like, I agree with that because I do think that Rise is more valuable than Kiana, but I think that Kiana is just so broken when you have so yep. many scaling champions, and you can literally just have a Kiana and like, let's say a Zaya, and you could just be like, you will have to come to Baron eventually, and if you don't play perfectly around this ultimate, we will auto win here, and it just. It's bullshit. If you stuff <laughs> if, if you stuff her in lane, um, I feel like it can be a different story. And sure. like Faker's LeBlanc different than Jensen's LeBlanc. Um, yeah. So like there there are matchups that SKT I feel like should feel good picking into it. Um, that being said, yeah, like you're she gets, she gets, you're on the receiving yeah. end of a Kiana ult in the river around one of those walls or whatever, one time, yeah. and you're like, ah, we're not uh, yeah. we're not doing that again. Yeah. She gets dust blade. She gets her, she gets her Moby. Yeah. She but, walks into your lane with water blade. She one shots you, you know, and walks out to the next lane in ten seconds flat. Like this champion is so oppressive. But if you stuff her in lane, and then all of a sudden it's an underfarmed Kiana with Moby boots, um, and all of a sudden you're not so scared, right? So especially I don't know, since. It's, with cleaner teams and cleaner games, Kiana has a lot less opportunities, especially if she's like, we've seen so many moments where Kiana will come in at a flank when those are already deeply warded and she's like, oh, and she's dead, right? So that is always a possibility. I like the idea of, you know, keeping her on the field until we see it succeed. I also just think that Syndra, Renekton, those two picks are something that I would be open leaving up. And once again, God bless that there are great drafting coaches out there, specifically G2 that'll and SKT that'll go over this one. Because that's the fun of a semifinals. When teams are actually playing so, at this stage, cleanly enough to say, yes, we can keep about. <laughs> yes, the Kiana is not going to have an opportunity after laning phase. Or like, I think that's something that's fun and we should see out. The only thing, the only ban that I think should always remain is the Pantheon. Yeah. I think that's literally it because of how uh, obsessive. Everything you let through is going to have a risk to it, right? And there's going to be so much um, analysis after the facts. Like, it's it's all going to be, they're like, oh, well, obviously they lost this game because, you know, X champion got through. I told you so. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, you understand you're dropping something to to let that through, right? It, it's the results-based analysis. It I was purposeful. Like it will <laughs> Fun. Prevalent. <laughs> sort of like some really crazy decisions in draft and really repetitive mistakes where like a player loses a matchup and they put him right back on it. Like this time we'll do better. Like I, I do not want this to be a series where people go back and like, like it can still happen, right? Like G2 could just be like, we're playing Yumi every game. Could end on it. Like maybe that's what they believe is right. But I really want this to be a series where every single moment is like, is neck and neck and every draft is contentious and an advantage is traded for an advantage and no one gets rolled over, right? It's just a matter of who can execute on their draft better. Yeah. Um, 
But our other semifinal, an LPL battle. Ding, ding, ding. Invictus Gaming versus OnePlus Phoenix. Rad, I want to go to you first. Like The LPL Autumn Finals. I love this. I'm a big fan. <laughs> it's great. Let's have it. What what, do you, what are your thoughts initially? Who do you think has the edge? I mean, all right. So I mean, so we've seen this uh, matchup before. Like the sad thing about this is that they don't meet in the spring playoffs or summer playoffs. They're always on the opposite side of the bracket, so it just doesn't happen unless if you're in the regular season. And the funnest one was like the summer best of three because the only I know this Reddit thread was out there already, so people already has this information. But like the only series that FPX lost this split was to Invictus Gaming. And it was because of the power of the solo laners versus the power of, you know, the bot lane. LWX and Crisp are doing really well in the series. In fact, they were 2v2 killing uh, Jackie Love and Balan. But this it didn't happen. It didn't matter because the shy Ning just went topside consistently. Like, Rookie was uh, constantly up there with his uh, Talia game. Like, this is a, such a fun matchup. I will say my immediate takeaway is that FPX looks like a better team. And while they have an obvious advantage towards bot side, I think Gimgun is right now like such a good, like such a great weak side player that he's going to handle that uh, uh, matchup top side really well. So that's why I say that even in the weakness, like the, the planning weakness that S uh, um, FPX has, that they should be able to handle Invictus Gaming. It's IG that needs to do two things. And it's all player, it's all in the player level. Jackie Love just needs to be able to perform well post 15 minutes. I think when he gets into teamfight mode, there are too many moments where Jackie Love just dives in either on the Kai'Sa, or obviously we all saw what we did in the Kog'Maw. He has, he has so much pressure already being placed with him on teamfights when J the Shy and Rookie are doing so well. He doesn't need to be that third member. And I think that's oftentimes what this team faces is that they always think that they need to go to hero. Uh, FPX will be able to handle. Need I remind you, four thousand one hundred and twenty-five <laughs> true damage. There we go. Coming in from the Kogma. You don't get those numbers on the backline Kogma. Yeah. As a rookie numbers, get them up. Rookie numbers. <laughs> the point that I wanted to make is because I agree with Raz that right now in current form, FPX obviously are the better current performing team. I think when you have a best of five like this, especially when it's a domestic best of five, the biggest thing that you need to look at is familiarity with these teams. These best of fives will not hold the same lessons that. Uh, a best of five when you're not as familiar with a team. Yes. Because it's completely like, um, I had this conversation with Vettius. He watched the RNG FPX best of five and his opinion was quite dampened on FPX. I was like, no, you have to, you have to almost throw that series out because they, those teams know each other so well that that strategy that FPX will utilize to beat RNG will never be the strategy that they will take to the international stage. It can yeah. show you what they'll bring. And so in FPX versus IG, you know Dwayne champion pool is going to be contested. You know that they're going to try to get Ning a better matchup for Tian, and you know that they're going to try to run Tian and the Shy blitz him top at Gamgoon, because again, you know that Gamgoon plays weak side. Yes. You know that Doinby has a small champion pool or a weird champion <laughs> pool that could be played around. <laughs> and you know that like you want to set up your solo lanes, but that doesn't mean that whoever wins that, that that will be the strategy that they take into the finals. And I think that's the most important thing is that the rules of the tournament still kind of exist, but you throw everything else out because like these guys have played together for years. They know, so, they yeah, know. Yeah, and just so people know with the Doombeast champion pool, it's, I'm, we're mostly talking about blind pickable champions. Like yeah. there are a lot of blind pickable, uh, blind pickable champions past the rise that he actually doesn't touch. 
like Cassiopeia very few and I guess even in that respect he's he not a big cinder player he's not he a big cast LeBlanc. play he uh, doesn't play LeBlanc he doesn't play Zoe at all none of the assassins really yeah so those are the those are the conversations that are pretty interesting and a lot of the times there are two ways you can deal with familiarity either you play super safe and you have like a non-existent first 15 minutes and you just farm up but in the LPL that doesn't happen and you go for the second one which is constant fights for the first 10 minutes yep. every single time there was a when you watch the LPL and you just see like big body teams like your match of the week like ig versus rng or fpx versus like these big teams that go up against each other they always have the most insane level ones first five minutes where teams are trying to all in and have the advantage because they know what a team will necessarily do and something to watch out for with ig and rng did versus fpx um whenever they met them is that they hard targeted mid lane. And I mean that in sen in the sense that like It's the best way to take down FBX. Doimbi's the shot caller. If you slow him down, you slow down you, you dive, cut off yeah. the head of the beast. So yeah. dive He's on not roaming wave. around then. Exactly. So you they consistently either try and get ganks going or they'll dive through mid lane. They'll isolate Tian if they can. Like these are things where those teams end up going for it, but it still is a competitive game. And FPX mo like half most of the time it's actually will win still because Tian is still such a smart jungler that he'll find other opportunities. And that's the thing. It's like Invictus Gaming will always have a shot in this series because Rookie is so good. Yeah. And if you hit with your best player, one of the best mid laners in the world, exactly where FPX are need to protect the most because Doinby really is the brain of that team. If you just smash it, yeah. then Invictus Gaming could very easily win the series or at least take games and then that's when you're needing to rely on the fact that Tien is a better jungler yeah. than Ning. Uh, the bot lane is more consistent at this tournament than Jackie Love and Baolan. Crisp is a much better support than Baolan. That bottom lane, by the way, is going to be fun <laughs> because for how good LWX and Crisp have been, like, the, the nickname I think you coined it, like, the shotgun for LD, LWX, you coined that name for a reason. Because he flipped. He just goes! He fiddlesticks, goes in. This was the year he actually played the most, res not res necessarily respectful, I but think Chris smart. made LWX look much better than he... But it was like... He's good, but Chris made street. him look amazing. It was a two-way street, because LWX didn't need to make those all-ins anymore. He didn't need to just, like, kind of just Kaisa ultimate in. Funny enough, I know that's how he started his world's uh, group <laughs> stage. But he didn't need to do that any longer. He actually played such a consistent game throughout the split, but... In laning phase, they always go for 2v2s, regardless of where the jungler is necessarily. Like, if the jungler's topside, you'll for sure, uh, Bioline and Jackie Love will look for a fight. And if that's a challenge, LWX and Crisp will take that fight, which mm -hmm. makes this series hilarious. And I think it's going to be a good act. I know when I mentioned the last semifinals, how like the pick and ban will make sense you'll follow it through and through this one is when there's so much there's so many mind games happening yeah that you'll be like but why why is there a zach ban here <laughs> like, this champion is garbage but something tells me they know like damn it how did they know how did they get this information it's funny because if you're coming off of the their performances in, in quarterfinals, you're like, FPX performed way better in quarterfinals. Why is not everyone just immediately giving the edge here over to FPX? Clearly, they were all on the same page, clean games. Meanwhile, Victor's game were all over the place. Jackie yes. loves teleporting in. Just, rookie has some bad games. He has some good games. Whoa, what? Where's I mean, so far, the most memorable part of that series is the Kog'Ma damage stat that we keep bringing up, <laughs> which is not a good indicator for IG, despite well, the fact that they did play very here's well. The thing that's competing with that is the shy yes. on kale mm -hmm. you know flashing it and, and just hard carrying and you're like yes yes mm. <laughs> yeah. <Solo> mm. lanes, no. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so here's too my, good. Here's my question. You, you've talked about the strategy that like IG can take or should take, which is cutting off the head of the snake or cutting off the head of the beast in this case, uh, shutting down Dune B. Um, if they don't do that, is this an FPX favored favored yes, matchup? Yes, absolutely. It should be. Damn. For sure. So doesn't that give just a huge edge to FBX? It's not huge because Rookie and the Shy are that good. It's always the matchups. Especially in the meta where it's like... <laughs> it's always the matchups. And you know, I gave a lot of credit to Gimgoon, but it's just that one day. And we're talking about counter picks. The Shy wants that man. He wants to get that matchup. And he's going to have like a, ten, a 20 CS advantage. And it's always going to be a question of like, all right, we're going to concede dragon because we need to get this man out of the lane uh those are the challenges that fpx has to face and i think that what that's what makes it a lot more open i will say this um the domestic split results and the series so that best of three between ig and fpx sometimes those best of threes really do matter and sometimes the teams take them very seriously and there are good learnings that you can take away from them but the LPL plays more games than any other region. They travel around for their games, and sometimes they don't mean anything. Sometimes the teams just show up. They're like, I'm 40 weeks in. I've got 300 games behind yeah. me, and I'm just sitting down, and I'm going to play this one. So I don't want people to just tunnel in on the fact that IG have beaten FPX in a Look. domestic game because sometimes it doesn't I will mean. tell you this because a lot of people, <laughs> like I even mentioned the point of them losing their best of three versus... Uh, IG, but they also went to all three games and lost games to LGD, to Victory 5, to teams that that's are not also, playoff teams. That's it also happens. LPL. It happens, right? So, like, those are the fun moments to m mention of. This is the most serious you can be. And I love this best of five to death. Uh, I, of course, I already told you it's going to be FPX for me, but I want to see Rookie and the Shy get into it. And Ning! He is looking so much better these days, too. All right, shall we just Kobe. continue with our predictions then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe, well, I want your take. You what do you got? Besides the argument, yeah, because I, I think I am still going to go with Invictus Gaming because, and one of the big reasons is the performance that we saw and the kind of lack of reliability of FBX to perform on the international stage. Um, they are going to have the extra added thing of being familiar with Invictus Gaming, which is making me kind of question it and be like, they know them so well, are they just going to be like, oh, this is like another, you know, LPL series versus IG? Is that going to take away some of the, you know, stuff we saw in group stage? Like, are they going to kind of sink back into old habits? Um, which which makes it kind of hard, but I'm just like, I, IG haven't gone through so much this year you know rookie having to step away take a break all their drama with ning subbing him out even and having yeah. to bring him back in um even with all that them coming back to the world stage it looks to me like um like they are regaining that cohesiveness that we saw that led to the world championship for them uh it's a very risky pick i feel like this is this is definitely one of the ones uh i feel i don't feel super confident in but I th I think I'm still gonna stick with IG. There we go. What's the score? What's because we got scores in the last one. Everyone's like three two. Three one FPX. Three one FPX. Kobe. Three one. Three one. Three one. I feel because again, I'm, you default to three twos when you're like, oh, it's pretty close. I don't know either side. But I feel like this one is gonna be one side or the other. I, so for I don't for think me, it goes five. I'll split a fifty fifty down the way because I three one IG. But I honestly like. Luckily, I'm not a color caster, and the only thing you'll have to go off is my pickups, but. 
I really, really want to see IgG2 in the finals. Actually, IG versus anyone, because what it means to Caps beat rookie, rookie for both Caps and Perks now is monumental. And if I could write the script, that's what I would write as the final. No and offense they're to the defending world champions. It's always hype to have the defending world champions have to defend it in Up the, there for the belt. final, you know? right? Yeah. Yes. My God. All right. Fantastic. All right, we have a few minutes left. I want to get through some Twitter questions. Um, we've answered kind of a lot of the ones that you guys have put out already about quarterfinal matches, about semifinals. So I'm going to just look for random ones. Uh, we'll start with Kean Lamb, a.k.a. Mean Mr. Keen. Um, he says, hello, I'd like to know your favorite things to add to scrambled eggs. Go, Raz. <laughs> bananas, baby. To scrambled eggs. Bananas. So in the weird. scrambles. Yes. In the scramble with the eggs. It accentuates the flavor. Do you put peanut butter in there with it? I need to now. We're doing this when I get back. I'm just helping. Thank you. Love you. I will not eat scrambled eggs. Okay. What? I hate scrambled eggs. The what, only eggs eat? I will eat are sunny side up. That's I can respect that. Scrambled eggs are kind of like. They, I just hate it. What if you add like cheese? Mixing and bacon? it all together just makes it all mushy and. That's the love though. But what about an omelet? What about an omelet? Takes away all basically the, scrambled. What eggs? makes it an egg? So you just eat like some goop. This is huh? a lot hotter takes in the egg department than I was expecting. I thought it was gonna be like it's cheese. Egg, and I have pepper. a very weird and strong position on eggs. <laughs> so this is a like Wait, here, here we go. He's like Invictus Gaming will win, and this is how I eat my eggs. <laughs> Wait, Frosk, are you gonna tell them about your? Everyone makes fun of me, but it's not that weird, especially coming from Banana Boy. Yeah, over banana there. Boy the over there the is very slava. weird. Bananas. We actually have some weird egg people. That's what I'm it. saying. This is not what I expected. Okay, so I take a piece of toast. I butter the toast. I then put jam on the toast. Okay. I then put my scramble egg on top of the jam, and then I salt the top, and then I use it as a delivery surface into my mouth. It is a breakfast sandwich. I don't know why people think that's so strange. If I just ate the eggs by themselves and then took right, a bite of my toast. You bananas and you're giving her that look? I don't know. I, I it's kinda, the same thing. I approve more of this because you're masking the scrambled eggs. Like, scrambled eggs are just trash, so <laughs> do as much as you want to it. To what's the point of having the eggs if you're going to take... What? They taste like bread it's and jam. It's literally what's all the, going to the same area, Raz. If you're scrambling, there's no point in that. Anyways, by the way, with my sunny side up egg, I cut the yolk, a circle around it, cut the white off first, eat the yolk by itself, Ooh. then eat the white. You're actually a serial killer. <laughs> you should do, Kobe, you should do the one where you cut a circle. That is some Dexter stuff. And you fry <laughs> the egg in the middle. He's got like the kill table, the kill room all <laughs> yeah. laid out. He brings in the eggs. <laughs> Scalpel. <laughs> oh, no. I like cheese. In my eggs, I think that's pretty reasonable. I don't know how I got Glory. such weird answers. Yeah, yeah it's fine. What? I didn't know like that was. How have you guys had question? this much time to experiment with eggs? That's my question. I'm like, I'll do cheese. It's like, do you want anything else? Like, no, probably not. They're eggs. I'm not going to overthink it. But you're like putting them on. Like, I don't even know how this happened. My how mother. that happened. That one seems. I reasonable love the banana. I'm a child of a single parent. I'm walking out the house because we got to go, and I'm putting it on the bread, and I'm taking it with me. All right, that's fair. Raz, can you give us like a 10 second? Yeah, what happened you, the banana? Put bananas in your eggs first. Is this a mom and dad like I family did. thing? I did. I looked at my ingredients. I was like, we, okay, so we got the eggs. This is peak Get bachelor desk. You're like yellow and yellow. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what else can I put in here that makes it that much better? My mind was like, of course, bananas will not inhibit. What if you had chocolate available? I would do it as well. You're just like. Everything but the egg sounds great. Like, you're putting chocolate, peanut butter. I'm not putting it. I will. But okay. now you gave me peanut what butter. What if you so had, like, works? I'm trying to think of just a bizarre food. 
Probably the one you like wasabi. Would you put wasabi on your eggs? I'm done. Well, who do you think? All right, all right, we're moving on. Oh my gosh, there's so many on eggs. Uh, Oh, my favorite story from Raz is that uh, for the longest time when we got into China, he kept trying to find milk. Yes, milk. And you kept ending up with yogurt. Yes. Because in China, in the supermarkets, um, especially if you go to just a convenience store, because this guy will never just go to a traditional supermarket, but they have. Uh, dairy products at the bottom, and if you don't read the Chinese characters, you can't figure it out. And the milk carton it's looks exactly the like the Who yogurt puts carton. Yogurt in a milk carton. So the amount of times he would try to drink milk and then just get yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Too many times. Quick hot takes on the Dada Award. Everyone's talking about whether or not it should be a thing or it should not be a thing. I'm curious, like. Is this something that should be given out this year? No. Uh, does it need, even need to exist? Should it be given out only when it's super applicable during Worlds? I think should no. I think only dead? when it's super applicable. I okay. think there will be a very obvious take. Do you think it's yeah. fair to give it to TL? Otherwise, you it has to be a player. Out. Yeah, it has to be a single player. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, um, European fans will give it to Fnatic. If you if you wanted you to give it to a to single to player fun. on the team, though, um, I know everyone is flaming Jensen. Yeah. Mm, yeah, mm. it was pretty rough. Maybe Jensen. He had like a rough moment. It was an okay tournament. I'd say for me, mine was uh, Shahu, just because of how strong of a split he had. And then there was very obvious moments in uh, those games. But once again, I think it's very tough to say because you know, already know these players too well. Uh, these play- please, players have already had a pretty long experience throughout the, their international tenure. And for me, Shahu has never really had those big games consistently internationals. And so that's why people just aren't surprised about it. But if it was yeah. just a mm-hmm. yearly performance, then maybe. That's why I wouldn't give it out because like the Dade Award is, is iconic because it's such a strong change, right? You're like, this has to be such a massive underperformance of someone who was like super highly talked up. The only person who could probably qualify for it would be Doinby. If like yeah. Doinby like came in and just yeah. like fell on his face, yeah. then you could give him the Dade Award, but no one else really fits that. Yeah. True. All right. Final question. Um, God, you guys have a lot of like really dense questions. I'm, I, we only have Can a I minute. Can I have another Wrap food one? You know, there's no more food ones. All right. As Asla said, uh, this is from Kieran66, Vlad Barbu. Sorry if I forgot, I forgot to do everyone That's else's nice names. Name. There's a middle one. Uh, as Asla said, is Perks a candidate for greatest player of all times if he wins Worlds? Uh, well, unfortunately, the greatest player of all time is in this tournament. And is playing him. <laughs> uh, and his name is Faker. Faker, yeah. So probably not. Greatest Indeed. European player ever, though. I think he's already got that title. Yes. I think Deficio already... <laughs> when Deficio did that um, that cooldown and he said, Perks is now the face of European League of Legends, I was like, someone find Reckless. Ooh. Like, dig him out of the ground. Like, Deficio just killed him. And I actually think that he's... Correct. I what think you get for playing Garen. <laughs> <laughs> I think Perks is becoming. I think he has surpassed Reckless as the face of European League of Legends. Yeah, what a face! He's won, he's won a lot more. The hairdo is creeping me out. This is such a good bet. <laughs> I like, think we, I've had that haircut. <laughs> betting for G two on a perfect anything is the easiest win of your life. By the way, they will never three zero another team after that Team Liquid final. There, it's three one or three two at best. So if Perks is ever like, oh, I bet you can do this. Get good stakes because this is how you get crazy hairdo perks every week. But yeah, I'll give. I'd say for Perks, uh, a few more tournaments. You know what I mean? Because right now Faker has hit that for a while. And the next person you would say is Uzi because, you know, once again, consistency on that level. But Perks is starting on a very good foot. Who, yeah. Who's third? Oh, no. I'm not going to ask. Because it's clearly Faker. And then you feel like if anyone could maybe touch Faker, maybe it's Uzi or it's probably yeah. Uzi. Then who yeah. do you, who's your next? So the thing to me is 
you have to have longevity to it, right? You have to have the yep. accomplishments. Like there have been a lot of players that have skyrocketed to the top and then disappeared. Cra- exactly. Yeah. So I feel like you really need time to accrue those. Like kind of what Raz is saying, Perks is in a good spot to yeah. earn a lot of those. Yeah, but if, like if rookie, if the alternative is rookie yeah. wins worlds, rookie is probably third, if not second. Yeah. The yeah. shy, the shy also is there. in a great yeah. spot to win a lot of those. I would yeah. say, I would say third to the answer probably would be rookie gut feeling, just because, you know. He's already got the international title, and he's and a lot of his regular season splits just bit was about him. Yep. And so I would say closest maybe him. I may I hope that I just haven't forgotten some core player that's just Someone, I'm feeling, someone's going to point something I'm out. I'm feeling the shy pretty strong. Luckily, yeah, we can yeah. cross I Mata like off the list after that performance in the quarters. <laughs> Sorry, Mata. <laughs> he, he that might have been his retirement. His fault. <laughs> yeah, Mata's great. Team. I love you, Mata. Yeah. I hope you get another threat. I love that be funny. Jake set it up how he wouldn't play the skin. And then when he played the skin and Jake and I just lost it. That was oh, funny. We're like, he did it. Yeah, that was great. All right. This has been episode three of Diaphoria. Uh, I believe we're doing another one before finals. So get ready for some hype semifinals matchups. This, like we said, the most stacked top four in world's history. This is going to be one of the best weekends of League of Legends ever. I really hope Part of me is afraid for two three O's, but let's let's pray. Ten game Woo, weekend. Double it's down. gonna be a bad Best games of League Thank of Legends. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Raz, for coming on. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you later. No Bye. thanks to Kobe. Uh, Kobe's me. a member of Diphoria. <laughs> he is not a guest.